Hello and welcome to the Wednesday, March 29th edition of the TU Sports Extra podcast. I'm Patrick Prince, joined as always by Kelly Hines and her cats, who we saw a little bit before we went live, but you never know who we're going to see. We'll keep our eye open for that. Uh, so Kelly, TU had their pro day this week over at Rejoice Christian in Owasso. Uh, what's What'd you make of that? We'll kind of get in, get into that and talk about some players, but generally, what'd you make of that? Yeah, I mean, it's a big day for the the, the guys who, um, you know, have completed their their careers at TU, and, and um, that was really great, but there are also a lot of uh, former players from, like, previous years who were there, and uh, just kind of a reminder to me of, of how much it's like a community with, with TU sports, especially with TU football. Um, and seeing all those guys, you know, come out and support each other, you know, Chris Paul, Willie Wright, Dane Evans, Keevan Lucas, um, I'm going to leave ones out, Corey Taylor, um, there's just like a, a lot of familiar faces, and that was my personal favorite part, seeing a lot of people who I don't have an opportunity to see that often, but, you know, it was it was a good day, I feel like, um, for guys who, you know, they're just looking for an opportunity, and, and that you know, that was an opportunity. You have representatives from 20 teams. And, um, you know, I, I felt like, um, you know, they they made the most of that opportunity. Obviously, so much training goes into that day. And, you know, you feel a lot of pressure, I'm guessing. But, um, you know, really, I, I think across the board, those guys, you know, they they took advantage as much as, much as they could of, of that chance. So TU has had some recent success uh, getting players drafted. Do you see that continuing with this year's class? Like who might have the best chance to be drafted? You know, Daenerys Prince was invited to the combine and, and did really well for himself there. You know, still, you know, projected to not be drafted. But, you know, you get to those late rounds and anything can happen. So, um, you know, he's a guy who's a little bit more reserved, but you know, works really hard and, and, you know, he really was wanting to showcase his ability to, to um, catch, you know, out of the backfield yesterday. And, and that was something that, you know, he, I think did a good job of. So, um, you know, just trying to show that he can do different things. Um, I think uh, scouts are, are intrigued by him. It just is, is a matter of, you know, what their other options are at that time in those late rounds. I would love to see him get an opportunity. I think he will get an opportunity. And once you get into camp, then then that's your, your time to really show what you can do. And it doesn't necessarily matter if you were a late round pick or an undrafted free agent, because obviously we've seen year after year after year guys who went um, undrafted, you know, getting into a situation. It has to be with the right team, but, you know, making the most of that. Um, I'm a huge fan of, of, well, really all those guys, but Juan Carlos Santana, I've, I've always felt like he has that flashy ability and he can do, he can make things happen. And I would just really like to see him get into a, a you know, a camp and um, showcase some of that. He didn't have a drop yesterday. Um, his 40 time wasn't as fast as he was wanting, but, you know, 445 is still pretty good. And he just has a big personality and is very honest about everything he's been through. And he's a guy who I think impresses teams because, you know, he's just got that, like, something else to him. What, you know, what comes of that, you know, who knows. But um, they have some guys who I, I think um, – will have opportunities, you know, once they get into the right situation. You mentioned Keevan Lucas earlier. What's he up to? 
So Keevan was there to see Keelan, his his younger brother. Um, but Keevan is is living in Dallas, and and he um, you know seems really happy, and and um, you know it was really good to see him. Um, I you know I, it's such an unusual situation with with Keevan and Keelan. Their their times at TU not overlapping, but being back to back. And so, you know, them being around the program for so long, like those are guys who obviously did so much during their careers. Um, and just, you know, I think it's important for those guys to continue to be around the program. Um, especially, you know, Dane Evans was there and he was, you know, throwing passes for the receivers and and for, you know, some of the guys who, because that, that's been, that's been a few years since, since Dane and Keevan have been there, but um you know, I think it was kind of a big deal for for some of the receivers who were going through through pro day to catch passes from Dane because he's such like a legend. He has that that TU status, and obviously he's pl still playing in Canada. But um, it just was cool to see those guys come out and support. You know, um, some some guys who you know several years younger, but are pursuing you know those those same NFL dreams. And for Chris Paul, like he's he's a guy who's in the NFL right now, playing for Washington. For him to be there. Um, he's another really big personality and he was cheering and, and was so into it. Um, but it was, it was pretty cool to see them have that kind of support for some other guys. So what do you think of Keelan Stokes' draft possibilities or is he, a? I, I think that he is a guy who, you know, just is looking for that right opportunity. And, and I, I don't, um, you know, he's, he's, like a lot of these guys, not expected to be drafted, but, you know, he has ability that he showed throughout his career and, you know, he's just looking for that right situation. But, you know, it was kind of brought up um, yesterday with, with the XFL being back, there are more opportunities for guys. If, if you want to continue playing football, like there, there are going to be some chances for you to do that. I just think it's really tough at skill positions because there are so many of those guys. I'm not saying they're all the same or anything like that. It's just hard to really separate yourself and, um, you know, show that that you can provide something that's different. So, um, you know, Willie Wright was was there and and he uh, he got injured last week. I think last week or maybe two weeks ago. Whenever the XFL season started um because he's playing in the XFL and he's out for the year but um he's a guy who um has I mean he's a very good offensive lineman and um you know had been with you know an NFL team and it just didn't work out because it's just so competitive and difficult to, to find that situ right situation but um to see him be able to continue his career in the XFL even though he's he is out for the year like I, I feel like there are chances for guys, um, you know, to continue playing if they want to. You know, I think a lot of guys are like, oh, I've, I've played this for a long time and the right situation hasn't panned out and I'm, I'm ready to start my life beyond football. And that's, that's also great. Let's talk basketball for a second. You had the story in Sunday's paper, kind of uh, Eric Conkle kind of taking inventory of his first year and kind of looking ahead a little bit. Um, you sat down with him to talk about for that story. Anything that wasn't in the story or any any outtakes from that interview you want to share? Oh, man, we talked for a long time. Um, you know, I, I think the biggest takeaway that I had was just, you know, he's so level-headed that sometimes it's hard to get a, a sense for when someone is stressed or, you know, what their feelings are because they're the same all the time. But he genuinely seemed optimistic and upbeat and all of the things that you you might think a coach who 
you know, just lost 25 of, of 30 games wouldn't be, you know, and that's, that's, I think, part due to his personality, but also just, you know, he's, he's been coaching for a long time. This isn't his first head coaching job. Um, and I think just, you know, having that confidence in, you know, himself and the rest of the staff to get it figured out. I, I think that, you know, this, this program could be headed in the right direction. We won't know for a while, but we might look back and, and say, you know, this sort of roster rebuild, you know, this is a very defining time for the program. I think everyone would, would admit that, you know, this is a difficult season that they're coming off of, you know, having the most losses in, in, a, in a year in program history. And now, you know, 11 players in, in, in the portal and, um, you know, you're almost starting over a year later, but I just feel like he's handling it really well and genuinely, you know, looking forward to seeing how this plays out. You know, they've got some key pieces committed. They have three players signed and, you know, they're, they're very much extremely deep in that recruiting process and, and, you know, constantly evaluating players in the portal, which I think is, is a difficult thing to do sometimes, um, but, you know, I, I felt, I left feeling like, okay, he's not a guy who's down in the dumps. Like he's, he's optimistic and, and feels like this is um, part of the process. Kelly, you've got an interesting story coming up uh, for the Saturday world. Won't you talk about that for a little bit? Yeah. So I was watching, as I assume everyone was, you know, the, uh, the, you know, Sweet 16 and Elite games, well, all of the games, as as many basketball games as a person could possibly watch. Um, and, uh, you know, seeing um, Miami get to the Final Four and just knowing that Jim Laranega is Eric Conkle's mentor. So I I wanted to talk to him about that. Um, so I talked to him again uh, yesterday. He's probably like, could you just leave me alone for like a few days? And I'm like, no, probably not. Um, but he was uh, very eager to talk about um, his mentor. And he, I'm, I'm going to give away some of the story. But he said, aside from his parents, no one else has had more influence on his life than Jim Lernay. So I was like, oh, so that, okay, that's that's saying a lot. So um, I am just doing a story on on how that came about and you know, the, uh, the, the time that they spent, you know, obviously on the same staff set at, um, George Mason and, and at Miami. And, um, so that's what that story is about, but, it, uh, um, Eric had some, uh, old photos of them that were, you know, Jim Lerner and Eric, he, he pretty much looks the same, but Eric Conkle, you know, he was very young. I mean, he, he was in his mid twenties when he started working, um, at George Mason the first time. So, um, it's just a fun little story about, you know, how, how their relationship developed over time. And, you know, whenever I was talking to Eric uh, last week, um, Jim Laranega called him and um, he sent it to voicemail. And I just, I felt so bad about that. So um, I feel like I'm making up for that by, um, you know, doing this story, but, you know, all of the coaches go to the final forks or a lot of meetings and different things involved with that. But um you know, it's, it's pretty cool that uh, Eric's going to be there and, and we'll be rooting for Miami. But we also talked a little bit about Florida Atlantic, which is, um, you know, a team that uh, Eric Conkle played, you know, in Conference USA when he was at Louisiana Tech. 
knows um, Dusty May pretty well. And obviously Florida Atlantic is coming into the American next year. So uh, we talked about that, um, just seeing, you know, other other programs, you know, be able to get to um, that stage and, and how that's kind of a cool thing, especially, you know, when it's a program you're familiar with and, and a head coach you're familiar with. So um, that'll run, I, I believe that's running Saturday. So a little bit of a preview for the final four. What's, what's the update on spring football? So spring football is happening. That's a thing that's happening right now. Um, there's a spring fest on Saturday. Um, don't call it a spring game. Um, that's just like my like word of advice. Um, it's uh, an hour long open practice and um, that should be a revealing time for all of us. And that's this Saturday? That's this Saturday. Yeah, April 1st. It's time time flies. Okay, so, but they still have a number of practices after that, right? Oh, yeah. No, this okay. is only, this is their second, I mean, they just started la a week ago. So um, they still have a f quite a few practices left. Um, this is just an opportunity for fans to go out and, and you know, after that hour that's open, fans can, you know, get autographs and interact with the the players and presumably coaches on the field. So um, this is just, you know, an early spring thing that's happening. Well, that'll be good. I know you haven't had a chance to watch a, a, a lot of practice. This this will be quite revealing for you. I would well, think. it is open to the public and I feel like I'm part of the public. So um, you are definitely that. Yes. So if they could have more things open to the public, if it's not going to be open to media, then I, I at least would have a way in, but uh, that's fine. It's fine. Um, so, you know, it's just a different, different culture. And that's definitely not, you know, that doesn't have to be a good or a bad thing. It's just different. Um, so, um, you know, would love to know more about this team than I do at this point, but um, hopefully that will come with time. All right. Well, Kelly, I know you've got a TU softball game you're heading to here in a couple minutes, so we'll leave it there for this week. Appreciate everybody checking us out. You can download us for free at Google, Apple, or Spotify. And uh, Kelly, any parting words? You know, I'm disappointed that cats again failed to make an appearance, but I am covered in cat hair, so they're with me like in a way. They're always there. Yeah. They're always there. All right. We'll talk next week. Sounds good.